and welcome to the sanctuary a safe space to speak from the heart i'm your host israel and my guest today is the super talented super helpful gabriella riscala i got that right right you got that right yeah yeah okay cool thanks and welcome to the sanctuary thank you for having me i know we've been trying to do this for a while so i'm glad we could finally yeah yeah me too me too <laughs> me too me too uh how are you doing today it's, I'm good. I mean, it's a nice day at least today, so that's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been raining crazy the last couple of days. I'm not sure what that was about. Yeah, it's cold. I mean, that's that too. Ocean right <laughs> that too. That too. <laughs> that too. Um. So you grew up in Halifax. I did. Yeah, I grew up in Halifax all my life. Um, I moved all around the province, but I did end up the last couple of years before I moved back. Um, in Michigan. So in the US. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? US. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing in Michigan? Well, I started in Windsor, Ontario, so just right on the border. I have some family in Michigan, so it was the closest I could get to my family without being an illegal immigrant, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um and then I found a program there, the the program that actually got me my career today, so it was a masters of education that focused solely in art therapy and that's that's how i made my way over to michigan oh okay 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 so yeah um like uh what did you want to be growing up what did i want to do mm -hmm. i don't know up? i mean i always struggled in school and the only thing that i was ever drawn to was arts and the like creative field um later did i found out when i was like the ninth grade that I had a learning disability. So that probably played a role in my um, dislike towards school. So I did start off as a teacher. So I do have a Bachelor of Education. And prior to um, when I was in the work field, I was like, I love doing this, but I love the students more than the work. I didn't like Oh, wait, 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 how, <laughs> how, how, like, don't they kind of come hand in hand? They do in a sense. So I was an art teacher, but I didn't like the limitations of the academics of like teaching art. Like it's very, um, like basic, um, like if you went to an art school, there's like rules that you have to follow in art. And those are, and I wanted, I wanted to do more. I liked mm. how students, um, as a you as a teacher, you kind of do pay, play a therapist role in a sense. Um, mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I was drawn towards, like when they had issues, what was going on. Uh, you know, mm. art class is kind of that class you go to to <laughs> kind of let loose and relax. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's kind of what drew me towards. How can I combine art with like mm. therapy in a sense and lo and behold <laughs> we <have> this program. <laughs> so that's um i i loved when people say like the challenge students per se those are the students i was drawn the most towards because i was i wouldn't say i was a challenge student but i feel like i was um i struggled and it wasn't noticed until a teacher finally picked it up and i i felt like i could relate to that student and know there was mm. more to it than just like I didn't like being your classroom kind of thing. So, mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and 
when you were teaching, like, wh where was was I in Michigan or Halifax? I teached here for a little, and I was teaching in Michigan um, while I was going to school. So I did a little bit of com a combination between the two, and I did okay. um, some art classes too, just on the side. But I've been in mm. school for ten years. So. <laughs> yeah. Why I don't know, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's just kind of how the cookie crumbled. So. <laughs> So, um, okay, okay, okay. Uh, and then you, when you, I guess, when you were diagnosed with the learning uh, disorder, yeah. like, I mean, you were young, right? But how yeah. was that experience for you? Um, so I, it, I struggled a lot before because my teachers would tell my mom, like, my parents, uh, you're lazy. She just doesn't want to do the work, blah, blah, blah. But it was like, I the work just didn't connect with me. Like even to this day, how I learn is I either have to read the words out loud or it's read to me and that's how it registers better. It's just how my processing is. And I didn't, once I figured that out, I was like, oh, I'm not dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I just learned differently. And again, the schools, another limitation of like the school system is sometimes they don't, I mean, they're starting to change it a little more, but sometimes they don't cater towards those multiple learners. And mm. as a teacher, again, for the reasons that I went to, is like I can recognize that there's different types of learners. You need different types of strategies with different kids. So um, mm. it was like this, like little mission of mine. <laughs> 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 kind of um, so audiobooks for you then? Pardon? Yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't do well with reading any sort of chapter book. Um, it's just. Again, how you process information is different than others. So, mm. Mm, I guess so. Once you figured this out, what changed and how did you like schooling change for you? Yeah, I mean, so it's funny because once I was diagnosed, teachers were um, like, "I don't know how she made it this far." Like, I don't know how she, but that's um, coping mechanisms that I figured out and strategies of how to learn and how to get through the classes without with like scathing by in a sense. Mm. Um, and I've continued to use those strategies because they worked for so long that it was just being able to recognize that there wasn't something per se like wrong. It was just, I needed to utilize these strategies, strategies more than um, like in a, instead of a secret way of doing this, like, Oh, I, fin I figured out the better way to do it. It was actually just the way I needed to learn. So, and that mm. if I, I I guess I could say if I wasn't diagnosed and understanding like school isn't terrible I just have to learn that I learned differently I mm -hmm. wouldn't have continued in school I probably went on it would have went on a different path so I do thank the teacher who did kind of recognize that in me and to this day I, I I've actually worked with him as a teacher which is so funny because you just do the whole circle around and I'm just like you're the teacher that Help me. <laughs> um. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, I think every well, most hopefully everyone has that one or two or three, but like that one teacher that just really sees something in you and just like pushes you. So when you're sharing that kind of story, I have remember like some teacher I had in school that was like okay you know do this and do that and and like I, and sometimes did it um i guess sometimes it can be trying though like it almost yeah. like oh this person is speaking on me especially when you're that young but like in retrospect 
personally, I was like, oh, this is what that person was doing. And yeah. kind of led me on this path I'm on now. Yeah, exactly. And teachers, I mean, in every profession, there's good and bad, but you can always remember that teacher that kind of made a difference. And you sometimes you don't recognize it again until you get older and you're like, oh, like they were mm. being mean. They were just trying to help me and help me navigate through life. So um, mm. sometimes we don't give teachers enough credit, I don't think. <laughs> oh my god with the online thing right oh god i couldn't imagine (laughs) (laughs) so um with art and drawing and and stuff how did that like did you just start drawing as a kid Um, i guess i would doodle a lot like again i'm a visual learner so i would write down things doodle a lot um it's just kind of where my brain would at. I was never someone who would pick up a book and read it like because it, it, it didn't register with me. So I'd always mm. do visuals or something along those lines. And when I got out of high school, I went to art school and I was like, this isn't school at all. This is so fun. <laughs> so it's just kind of things that um, connect it with me. And I continue to kind of focus on that path because it is something that um, resonated with me. I feel like sometimes in schools you can be directed towards certain parts because maybe financially it's better or whatnot. But I always mm. say like follow your heart and go with like really what's what you're passionate about because at the end of the day it's going to be what you're most um, motivated to do. Mm, mm. Um, what art school did you go to? I went to NASCAD. How was that experience? Because uh, like uh, that first year you kind of have to do everything, right? Yeah, so the first year you kind of just navigate yourself and they put you in a bunch of different um, like drawing, textiles, pottery. So you kind of feel it all out and then you pick your major or your minor. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in NASCAT. Um, it started off, I think a couple years in, it started those protests. Do you remember when they were protesting NASCAT? And- the film. Oh, 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 oh. yeah. Seven, eight years ago. Like, I don't know if there was a change that they were going to connect to Dalhousie. I don't remember the the issue, but that was around the time I was there. So mm. um, NASCAD is one of the only, I think, art schools within, not like art schools, there's obviously other art schools, but NASCAD and like Emily Carr and those kind of schools, the ones that you can get just solely craft and those kind of degrees there's not much in the province and there's not much if you go outside the province i think the closest is montreal so you did get such a wide variety of individuals that you encountered there so Mm. it was it was a great experience there was at one point i was like what am i gonna do with with an art degree so i did this is actually a a good thing to mention because there was a moment that I was at NASCAT that I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. So two years in, I went to SMU. Um, mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if anybody knows this part of my story, but in the time that I was at SMU, I did psychology courses and I really oh. loved them, but I only went there for about a year. And then I'm like, no, I'm, I'm NASCAT is the place to be. And I went back, but those psychology courses that I did in SMU were able to transfer to my prerequisites to my master's program. Nice. So, Everything just kind of worked out in my favor. <laughs> Why did you decide to like peak psychology? I, I just, I think it's just fascinating. I just think like, um, like the human brain is the most unique and uh, kind of under-recognized part of the body because you can't see it. So it's not 
tangible. You don't know what's going on, but there's so much studies and information about it that uh, it, it's so intriguing to me. And that's, that's why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know, you do NASCAR, but like after that first day, what did you, I guess, specialize in? Was it like fine art or what? I did. Um, so my major is interdisciplinary, but that's because I was a couple classes shy photography. So I did a lot of photography courses. Um, I did a lot. I did jewelry. I did some textiles. But my if I did a few more courses, it would have been photography. But because I did a little bit of everything, I have an interdisciplinary degree. Um, but I loved the photography department. They still have. I don't know if they still have it now, but when I was in school, they were you were able to develop film still mm. like there was a dark room um there was developing sites so you you were able to do that like the 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 kind of the basics the start so you learned how to look at a picture you learned how to take a picture because you only had 24 pictures on a roll so you were forced <laughs> to actually um understand what you were doing understand the pictures you were taking which is um kind of it could be a fault nowadays because you have those digital cameras that kind of just click, 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 click. So that was a, that was one of my things that I'd like to like, I guess I wouldn't say like brag about, but I love the fact that I was able to start from the, from the start of like photography and understand mm. like imagery and framing and those types of things. So, yeah. Um, do you still shoot with film or? <laughs> I have, a collection of film cameras i haven't i have undeveloped film because there's nowhere to physically develop them here now there's no dark Wait, rooms there, there, there was a there is an instagram i follow and i think the person has a dark room in halifax really I think so. yeah <laughs> I, mean, I think I was, so i was away for a few years so i don't know what goes on yeah <laughs> yeah um I, I i'll find out you know and i'm sending it to you because i remember and i was like it's fascinating to me like um when i was a kid there was this camera that uh it's weird because you kind of have to look in i don't know yeah, what this have two to look lenses? inside and shoot like this. Are they two lenses? Yeah, it has two. Yeah, it's it has two lenses. Yeah. yeah. That's a Mamiya. Yeah, I have one of those. Oh my God. <laughs> like, I, I always wanted to see, and I never got to see what's inside it. Like, you know, whatever it is they're looking at. But like, yeah, okay, now I'm going to get ready to shoot. And so that, that fascinated me. And I remember, like, the camera I owned was, you know, those disposable cameras? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I took a couple of photos with it and they were so bad. Uh, so I didn't take any photos again on the, but then like the next camera I got was a digital one. So I never really shot with film and I find it fascinating. Um, cause like when you watch documentary about photography, it's like, especially those ones where those guys have to cover their head and like, you know, I've done that one. You've done? <laughs> I, I went out in public with that one. I looked like a crazy person with my big <laughs> camera. I need a project. What, what is happening under the hood? Tell me. You have to, because you can't see the image, and you also have to be, like, closed off. Like, you have to kind of seal yourself from the light to see what you're taking a picture of. Um, they're called box cameras, I believe. I don't, maybe that's not the technical term, but they're so big. And is so it black and white? Um yes i don't think you can get colored film for that uh there's <laughs> there's and the film is they're huge like the film i probably have like 
examples of the actual film pieces because I kept all my um, my film slides with me. So there's oh, nice. here. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when you used to take photos back then, like, were there things you were gravitated to taking photos of? Oh, yeah. Actually, I... So I love taking pictures of like unconventional things that people don't really notice so i did a whole series about like garbage like and made it like seem i know <laughs> it seems it seems weird but i like there was for example there's a poop bag on the side of the road but no. it was a beautifully colored <laughs> in the grass it was beautiful so i took a picture and I used a, a macro lens, so a very close-up lens, so you couldn't tell it was a poop bag. But you, <laughs> I asked people to guess what they thought it was. They're like, I don't know, like glass. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, just just finding like the beauty and things that you wouldn't conventionally look at is yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, um. So how was I guess all of Daska the experience for you? Um, I, I liked it. There was, uh, there's definitely some, obviously there's political things with all kinds of schools. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, I liked it. I liked the, I love the photo department. Uh, that's the time I spent the most in and that's the people in it were always so helpful. And it was like a little family. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess it was just more like what am i gonna do with an art degree at the end like well, i'm doing these things i love so much but what am i what am i gonna do and i guess the the downfall that i could say with nascat i don't know about nowadays but when i went to school they don't teach you how to market yourself they don't they don't teach you how to become a, a living artist um i grew up with a with parents immigrant parents who worked all their life and have a cafe downtown so i i understood business and like kind of working to that point of like getting yourself out there but then there's some people that just they don't have that experience they don't have that knowledge and when they get out of NASCAT what are you going to do that mm. you you're told not to undersell yourself but how can you how can you sell yourself like how can you get to the selling point mm. so it's it could be a difficult a difficult outcome and not that NASCAT is faulted in any sense but I guess it's the same in like high school when they don't teach you finances. <laughs> There's just some missing pieces to certain things. And that would have been beneficial to a lot of people. And I don't know about nowadays if they've changed it. But uh, when I was in school, it wasn't really talked about. It was more so just don't undersell yourself. You're worth your, your art and that kind of stuff, which is true. But you still have to understand how to be, you know, a successful or even livable artist. Mm. I mean, you know, you have to pay the bill somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then when you left NASCAR, did you go straight to teaching art or? I went straight to education <laughs> to do my BED. That's why I've been in school for so long. Oh. I like a, so that Which school did you go to? I went to St. FX. So I went oh, to oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, why you were tired of Halifax by then? I mean, you had I, options they here. Have, they actually have an amazing um, education department there. So when I was looking at the schools, there was Acadia, there was uh, the Mount and Saint FX, and Saint FX is the one that I was drawn to the most. There was a lot mm. of interaction with um, students or and teachers. Like there was a lot of hands-on. Is what I was, what I found out. So that's kind of why I went there, and it was an amazing program. I can't say in, enough good things about the teachers and the faculty there so mm. i in any conditions 
awesome. Like it's such a great little town. So I loved it there. <laughs> mm. So, um, and how was it there or like studying education? Like, and then do you, you're done with your art degree. You're like, okay, I'm going to study education. Like there's no direct link between the two. I don't think. So when you do an education program, you have teachables. So they, they base you on, or you get accepted based on like what, what you're you going to be teach. as a teacher. So oh. my teachables, yeah. So my teachables are, were art and social studies because I had art history courses. So I'm technically licensed as a secondary. So a high school, middle school, um, art and social studies teacher. Yeah. Oh, okay. So okay there is, okay. A, there is. So if you go to school and you do an English degree, yeah, you'll be like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, so like, then what did you do after SNFX? Uh, oh my God. Wh why is your ring? Like, why do like, why? Is... <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't see, like, everyone has that ring. I mean, I get I, it. I, like, I wear it on and off right now. I put on my mom's ring, but I had it on for a long time. But then it, I just was like, no, nah, I feel like a different ring. But like, we've been in isolation. So I was like, nobody's going to know. <laughs> I, feel like a, I feel like a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what did you do after Santa Fax? Right after St. Effects is when I moved to Ontario. So I was like, I am, I am done with Nova Scotia. When I left Nova Scotia, there was, there was nothing going on. Like there was not, none of this like development, this housing mm. crisis. Like there was like, it, people were leaving. People were leaving oh. at the same time. It was 2016, I believe it was. And I just mm. feel like it was just kind of a little stagnant. I was like, I just need a, I just need a change of pace. I need to see something else. Mm. Um, and my cousins again were in Michigan. They were the only family other than nova scotia and like lebanon <laughs> that were close so that's where i ended up and that was an experience um how i don't i didn't particularly care for windsor <laughs> ontario um there was a there was it, it was hard to get a teaching job in nova scotia at that time th then but in ontario you couldn't even be a substitute or at least in windsor you couldn't even be a substitute teacher there was just the job market was maybe worse than it was in nova scotia at the time so i was like oh. i gotta find something to do <laughs> so that's i said i always said i would do my masters i didn't think i was going to do it that fast but mm. i did and um i'm i'm really glad and then the masters was in michigan right yeah the masters was just right how did you discover the uh course um so there's there's a canadian art therapy association website so i was toying between doing a master's of fine arts or a master's of art therapy in some way. So I just didn't know. So the Canadian art therapy website actually has a list of approved programs. Um, and my cousins told me about Wayne Stata and they're like, I think there's an art therapy program there. I was like, what? <laughs> there is It's so close. So they told me about it and I checked it out and it was basically everything I wanted. It was a master's mm. of education, but it, solely focused on, on our, our therapy so i was like that's the one because the next closest <laughs> one would have been concordia in montreal and oh i would have been completely alone there so. <laughs> <laughs> just needed a little support <laughs> yeah 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 true yeah. it's on the other side and how was that experience you were there what, what two years was it two years or so it was started in 2017 and i graduated in 2019 yeah 
two, three, two and a half years probably. Yeah. Three years. How was how was that one? Though? I love the program. Living in America, America is a culture shock. <laughs> in what way? You just so when you visit, you're like, oh, this is so fun. Like they have so much stuff. There's so much things to do. And coming from Nova Scotia, like we we don't have big box stores like they do in the States. We don't have like all this, they just had anything you wanted, you could find it. Um, but it was just, so I, my school is in Detroit, Michigan, which is a very large um, black community, African community. So just knowing, like, I don't know, it was so bizarre how people were so, you know where I'm going with this. No, <laughs> they, I'm not sure. They were, they were just, not nice like they were just not nice people like they would i had one of my co-workers because i worked on campus he was uh a black male in the social work program he's like i've had people cross the road from me i've had people like look at me funny i've had people call people on me i was just like you are literally the nicest person i've ever met and mm. <laughs> and he was in social work he was working with children like he was he couldn't have done anything else that was right but just because of like what he was look, what he looked like in the area that you were in, like people just, it was just a, it was a bizarre juxtaposition. Is that the right word from what I grew up in? Mm. <laughs> um, obviously, there's you know that kind of stuff everywhere you go, but I just felt it was um, more apparent, especially with like schools, because I did work at the schools, and their mm. schools are funded by the areas they live in. So if you live in a beautiful, high class, predominantly white, usually neighborhood, you had a great education. Five minutes down the road, you would find not so good education, not so good schooling, um, predominantly black. And then the white kids in the school, they would say like, I once had this experience with this woman. I had, I didn't know her. I met her for three seconds in like a coffee shop and mm. she's asked me where I lived and I told her and she said, Oh, there's a lot of black kids that run around the roads. I was like, how, how do you not know that I don't have like a black partner or that I, or that I'm black myself? Cause I'm, I'm clearly not like white, white, like I'm, have some sort of foreign in me, but just the fact that she just blatantly said that to a stranger mm. was the most bizarre thing I've ever experienced. And I was like, to my cousin, I was like, we have to leave. Like this, <laughs> this, woman, this woman thinks I'm one of her. <laughs> like, mm. um, and at that time I was like, should I have said something? But then I was like, pick your battles. Like, <laughs> yeah, especially in a place that you don't, you're not really familiar with so it was just mm. it was a bizarre concept because i like when i was working at schools it doesn't matter if you were black or white the kids acted the same it was just how mm. they were brought up in the area that they were in it had nothing to do with that so just even knowing the area i was in and being in the schools and then that woman saying something to me i was like mm. you got another thing coming lady <laughs> <laughs> So. Um, you were there for two years, right? Well, two and a half years. Did yeah. you move back to like Canada right after school? I moved back. So I didn't even graduate yet. I moved back to Nova Scotia when I was doing my practicum, my like practicum. So I was pregnant with my son. I was 
I don't know, four or five months pregnant at the time when I moved back. And I did the rest of my practicum here in Nova Scotia. I, I did my, uh, is it called a practicum? I think it's called a practicum. Um, I started out at a youth facility, a youth jail basically in Detroit. And then I asked if I could do the rest in Nova Scotia because I was going to have a baby at the end of my, my graduation. So that's, that's kind of where um, we ended up and I was, it was 2019. I graduated in August. So. And uh, you met your partner, like, did you go to Michigan with your partner or? No, I, he's American. I found, oh, an, American, okay. I found an American, I brought him back home. <laughs> 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 he's an honorary Canadian now. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And then you, you know, so you come back, you have your, you're super pregnant. I'm uh, super pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and while still doing your course, right? Yeah. Um, and then which came first, the baby or graduation? <laughs> That's funny. So I graduated in August. My baby came in September. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. That's... I was real pregnant by the end of it. And they were yeah. everybody was super kind. They're like, are you sure you don't need a, like, the baby? Because we're, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> He did come two weeks early, but at least it wasn't in school. So. It wasn't in school. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, have the child. Did he take time off before yeah, going did, back to... I did take maternity leave, but during... So I was... I think he was six months old when the pandemic hit. So during that time, I was... I have an Instagram, the Instagram account. I wasn't really using it regularly, but once the pandemic hit, I was like, I should offer my services like I'm not working but I, I can help people and I could offer my services so I did and um, that's kind of where it where it began I didn't start taking clients till this just this September but mm. during the whole pandemic I was connecting with people and offering services and um, kind of giving just like art therapy mm. help mm. in a sense like little yeah. activities yeah um, so okay D so like you you had to you're still doing the art thing in school right when you came back for your practicum right yeah um and then when you had your baby did you like you know with the pandemic and stuff like offering services did you just start your business right away no so i when i was offering services through my is my instagram and such it was mostly like um, this is the knowledge I have. And these are the things that the tools that I can help you with. I didn't like take on clients or per se, but it was mm -hmm. more, um, if you need something to relax or an outlet, like you could try this, or if you need mm. something to kind of lower your anxiety, try this. So I gave, I guess resources would be a better, a better word to use because, okay. um, I just wasn't going to take on clients at that time. And I mean, I had a six month old and he was. <laughs> yeah. And then what point did you decide, okay, you were ready to take on clients? Uh, when he was about one years old, I started taking clients. So. Mm. And what was your approach to that? Um, it was just, I basically just announced it on my Instagram and I was just like, I'm, I'm finally taking people. Come, come <laughs> <over."> <laughs> um, which is. I mean, it was great. The, the turnout of people that kind of reached out and were just, they were like, just interested about what is art therapy, not per se, like, I want therapy services. It was like, what is this? Like, it seems mm -hmm. so interesting. Tell me more about it. And um, I think that's more of how I've been gaining kind of, um, I guess, community in the sense, because it's, it's not, 
it's like more of a niche. People don't know about it, but they should. And that mm -hmm. was that was my Yo, that that's a great way to just segue into what it really is what is art therapy it's oh, it's connecting so it's basically your voice through through art so you it's like not i would say more less invasive than talk therapy because you're not face-to-face -face talking to somebody you give them like a little directive like draw everybody in your family doing something like something as simple as that um, oh uh, well, I would. Uh, okay, okay. So let let's do this, right? I I see your Instagram, I see your website. I'm like, okay, I want to try this. Uh, and then I reach out to you. What happens? Like, what's I guess what's the process? The process. So I usually have a consultation. So I have a free consultation, and people can reach out and kind of tell me what if they want to know about art therapy, what's going on with them. So we kind of have a little consultation about it, and then I tell them everything I do and um, mm -hmm. kind of how a session would look. I do virtual and in person. I've been more doing more virtual right now just because, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> basically, how, why, what's going on right now with us. So, right, 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 uh, right. But uh, after that, I just give them the option and everything is fully bookable on my website. So I don't. I don't, I don't want to ever make someone feel like they need to book a session with me if they, if they chat with me about things. Um, um, I leave it open. If they have questions, connect again. If you want to book a session, go right ahead. Like I'm yeah. willing and open to do whatever you need to feel comfortable kind of thing. So mm. that's kind of how I've gone about it. Um, I don't know. I got a lot of individuals asking about how to become an art therapist, which is pretty awesome too, because, uh, Again, Nova Scotia, it's not something you have to go to Montreal to be an art therapist. That's the closest, closest oh, place. Wow. To know. So um, it's not really known around here. Hmm. But I think there's like a handful of art therapists in Nova Scotia. So, okay. And then we, we do the consultation and I'm like, oh, right. This is something I want to do. What happens from there? Um, again, they just, if they want to book a session, they can, if they don't, then they don't. But, um, for the most part, I just use it as an educational piece. Like if this is what our therapy is, this is how it works. If you want to go ahead with it, then we can book a session. Um, it's, I try to make it as easy as possible because I don't, for myself, I need basic. So I'm like, I need to give basic back. Like I need, mm. I need to make it as easy as possible for somebody else. So they don't, cause therapy is intimidating like saying you need help is intimidating so even mm. getting to that point um it's mostly just trying to make someone feel comfortable and validate that they're okay is that this is okay and this is normal like it's good that you want to work on yourself and kind of thanks for thanks for reaching out kind of thing yeah, so yeah and then you know, I booked a session. Was it a typical session like? I mean, I, I, it is different for everybody based on where they are. But like, yeah. what's an average one like? How long? Minutes. How long does it last for? They're always, they're fifty minutes, so five zero. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you can ask for longer, but normally you don't. I wouldn't go longer than that. You don't really need it. It can be um, mentally exhausting for both people. So, uh, everybody's different. I I work with individuals with autism to adults to children like it all depends on what they're seeking therapy services for um i don't know i, I can't really i get this question a lot actually like how does it like what would it you can't you can't really cookie cut a session to someone because everybody yeah because it depends on what the person needs right yeah and um i feel like 
if someone's nervous about something, you try a different method, rather than somebody's kind of open and gone through therapy services before, like you can kind of dive a little bit more deeper. So mm. it's kind of reading your clients and being like in tune with like their emotions and understanding like this is uncomfortable or this is comfortable. So, yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, you've done this for a while, have a couple of clients mm -hmm. and kind of work with them based on where they are and what they need um what are some tools that you use um i use a, so i have just an abundance of art supplies bags. <laughs> all so, right um i never limit what art supplies they want i always ask them like what they want to use or what they're most comfortable with um yeah i i would only like direct art supplies if it's if there's a need for it so there's certain art supplies that would be more like anxious for someone to use, like something like watercolor, because there's less control. So I don't typically tell them what supply to use unless there's a need, unless we're trying to kind of like pick at something in a way. Does that make mm, sense? Yeah, um, yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people like using pencil because there's control, there's an eraser. If you ask them to step to marker, not as much control can erase. So it just depends on comfort level. And well, here, yeah, no, here's the thing though. I, I can't draw. I have this daily thing where I draw like I a gotta stop feet. you. You can't say you can't draw because you can't draw to the standards of society. However, <laughs> everybody can inherently create. You were born to create. Okay, fine. <laughs> fine, I'll, fine, I'll take that. But I guess using what you're saying, like, when i draw i have this thick figure person i draw every day and they're supposed to kind of represent me but it's, it's more what, about what they're saying or what they're you know referring to this person so you like tell me i mean you just mentioned that you tell a client if they could like write a um say draw a picture of their family i wouldn't know what to do like you know it's just gonna be stick figures like how would you be able to work with me based on my not up to standard of society drawing type <laughs> so thing? It's, it's never about what you're drawing. It's about the process. And there's a huge, oh. a huge talking part with our therapy. So you don't just look at their picture and you're like, this is what's going on with you. That's, that's mm. a huge no, no, because you can't assume you, you can, you, you're taught indicators, you're taught certain um, symbols and cues that might be in an imagery, but you can't just assume that's what it is unless you have that conversation. So oh. for example, that one, draw your family, I would say draw your family all doing something. So that's doing some sort of action. So um, if somebody drew like their dad sitting down having a drink, you can be like, what's your dad doing? Oh, he's having said and said drink. Um, and that could be an indicator of something else. And then what's your mom doing? Oh, she's in the kitchen cleaning. She usually like is doing some sort of cleaning, you know, uh, like there's this, these little things that you can get indicators. Yeah. I thought you just look at it and be like, oh yeah, you need, <laughs> no. you have anxiety. Go. <laughs> no, no, I mean, there's, that's again, that's, that's a huge misconception. They, people are like, oh, go draw with your clients. I'm yeah. not just. I'm not drawing with my. <laughs> I'm not um, yeah. There's so much more to it for for anxiety. Like there might be a lot of like little pen marks, like a bunch of over and over over lines, and you're like, "Are you feeling? Do you feel anxious at times?" Like you just ask like questions that might bring out 
what's going on in their life. So it's mm. just kind of indicators to help that conversation along. Mm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then here's the thing though, you know, growing up, you love drawing. Uh, and now you're using it to help people navigate their lives, right? Yeah. Does it, I guess, doing what you do, do you ever, like, does it ever, you know, it's work, right? So yeah. this might be the wrong question, but like, does it ever just feel too worky? Like, oh, I'm just doing, or do you ever take time to just do art for itself and for just for you? Um, I feel like I might be a hypocrite if I wouldn't, if I didn't practice art as self-care. So I do, I do try to do art on my own time. It's hard with a toddler, but when mm. I do have the time, I will. Um, most of my like Instagram posts were stuff. They're not client work. It's mostly my work. So, yeah. um, yeah, I, I do. I do try <laughs> as much as, <laughs> as hard as it can be. As I, I do try to practice what I preach because, yeah. Uh, it wouldn't be a very good practice of me not to <laughs> right 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 oh man um okay i'm gonna let you go with this one though um why would you say like someone you know watching or listening to the show today uh give art therapy a shot um i, I i'm not here to sell art therapy but i'm here yeah. to educate about art therapy and it's more uh if you if you feel hard, if you feel like it's a hard step to go to therapy in the first place, art therapy is a good step just because you don't have to sit there and kind of talk about what's going on in a sense. You have that little barrier. I like to give an example of like it's your COVID mask. Like you're still there, you're still out, like you can still talk to people, but it's kind of blocking a bit of you so you can have that um, it's like a safety net in a sense. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you ever sit and doodle when you talk to people or if you ever Sometimes, just yeah. have something going on in your hands, but it's like, a, yeah, it's just kind of, uh, to preoccupy you from like maybe the other things that are very uncomfortable to talk to because emotions mm. are uncomfortable. Nobody likes to talk about mm. how they're feeling. So. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, well, I said that was the last one. I, I think I you're cutting have... out slightly on me. <laughs> oh, oh no! I, 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 I was saying I thought that was the oh, last no. one, but like maybe yeah. I'll add one more. Um, and it's this, right? <laughs> um, when it comes to art, uh, which do you prefer, like pencil, watercolor, markers? What do I like to use? Mm -hmm. Um, I like to do really expressive like art paintings. I like big brush strokes, um, not really a direction when it comes to it, just taking the brush, putting it some paint and mm, putting it all mm. over the canvas kind of thing. Um, I've always been somebody who flies by the seat of my pants and I feel like my art also is that way. <laughs> but like one thing about your art is like, it's really, really colorful. Why, why do you, why is like is like using a lot of colors important to you because like you use colors a lot and like bright colors too what sorry you cut out a little bit i only heard oh no i was saying like why do you prefer using super bright colors when you make art um i don't think it's something like a preference per se i think it's just kind of how i'm feeling that day uh 
a lot of things that I can direct in art therapy is like pick a color that represents your mood and maybe maybe my images are bright because I feel happy. <laughs> it just I guess it really depends because I <laughs> I don't I don't pick a color per se. If you ask me my favorite color, I could pick one maybe, but it's it doesn't it really depends. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Gorilla, thank you so much for sharing and for being so helpful with all you do. I know um that you know, being a mom, running a business, like having a partner, all these three things is like so much, but you do it with grace and I really, really appreciate you of your time and thanks for coming to the sanctuary today. Thank you. Thank you for being so persistent on getting this done because <laughs> there's been a lot going on and I'm glad <laughs> <for this. laughs>